Welcome to Victory with Paul Doherty, pastor of Victory in Tulsa, Oklahoma. If you're in the area, we'd love to meet you at any of our services, Saturday night at 5 p.m. and Sundays at 8.30, 9, and 11 a.m. If you can't visit us, you can watch live on the Victory app, downloadable on the App Store and Google Play. Pastor Paul has a great message for you today, and I believe this message is going to make an impact in your life. There is a word that God has been cooking up inside my spirit. The message is the, the year of acceleration, the year of acceleration. If you're taking notes, just write that word down, acceleration. And you can stay up here, Mike, play behind me. We're going to go into worship here in just a moment. This is the year of acceleration. What God is about to do. No eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind could conceive the incredible miracles and breakthroughs and prophetic fulfillments in this city, in this church, in your life, in the world for what God has in store. I was amazed at some of the things I saw in 2017. I was amazed at some of the people that got saved that I didn't think would get saved. I was amazed at some of the shaking that happened in 20, this unraveling of some of the, the highest, most powerful uh, people in Hollywood and beyond and, and in the news and in the media. It's like God is changing things up. He's transitioning situations. He's transitioning the models and the modes of communication. He's transitioning the way that media works, the way that people receive the news, the way that people perceive the news. God's changing a whole lot of things. And don't think it's some personality that's changing it. God sees all. He knows all. The Bible says there is no secret that will not be revealed in time. So God is unraveling the secrets of men. God's changing things. He's changing the landscape. But what he's about to do in the church, if there's a picture behind me of something beautiful, get ready. God's about to take you into the promised land. Is there a picture? Come on. Well, that's pretty, but God's got something even prettier than that back there. <laughs> Come on. Philippians chapter three. I love what Paul says. He says, I'm not saying I got this all together. I don't, you don't, none of us do. I'm not saying that I have it made, but I am well on my way. Philippians 3 verse 12, message version. He says, I am well on my way. Somebody say, I'm well on my way. Anybody feel like you're well on your way? You better be well on your way. The fact that you're in church is proof that you're well on your way. The fact that you're watching online, you're tuning in, you want to hear what God has to say. You're watching this on YouTube. You're watching this on TV. You are leaning into what God wants to do in your life. You are well on your way. He says, I'm reaching out for Christ who has so wondrously reached out for me. Friends, don't get me wrong, he says. By no means do I count myself an expert in all of this, but I've got my eye on the goal. Everybody just take your right hand and just put the finger right here on your eye. Just say, I got my eye on the goal. Say, I got my eye on the goal. 
this year, the key to accelerating in the productivity that God wants you to walk in, the key to accelerating in the healing that God wants you to walk in, the key to accelerating in the demonstration of the gospel, the key to accelerating in the anointing and the dreams and the gifts and the callings and the potential that he's put inside you is making sure your eye is on the right thing. Making sure your eyes aren't looking to the left or to the right, comparing yourself with other men, comparing yourself with other women, comparing yourself to other people's dreams and other people's gifts and callings. He says, I've got my eye on the right place. If I'm moving forward, I'm moving forward to where God's calling me to go, not where other people want me to go, not what I think I should do because of someone else doing it, not where I've been, but where I'm headed. And he says, God is beckoning us onward. Everybody say onward. I love that word, onward. It means forward motion. Onward means nothing to the side, nothing behind you, nothing below you, everything in front of you. He says, God is beckoning us onward to Jesus and I'm off and I'm running. Everybody say, I'm running. Notice that Paul doesn't say, I'm off and I'm walking. <laughs> he doesn't say, I'm off and I'm skipping. I'm off and I'm just kind of moseying my way through. This is the year to accelerate. This is the year to start running. If you wanna be a part of what God's doing, you can't be showing up to work late, putting in a 50% energy job to a company that's paying you more money than the energy you're getting. You gotta get in with what God wants to do. You gotta be the best you that God's called you to be. Stop living this life as if there's a second chance. You only get one shot. 2018 comes around one time in your life. You gotta make the most of it. Paul's saying, seize the day, carpe diem, the, the life that you want is ripe for the plucking but you got to wake up and start running my friend don't wake up and think that this is some sort of a walk it's time to run and I don't mean run towards the world I don't mean run towards money I mean run towards God's calling on your life and I love what Paul says he says I'm not turning back I'm not turning back everybody say I'm not turning back now go with me to 2 Kings chapter 7 2 Kings chapter 7 we're gonna camp out here. This is gonna be our, our passage we're gonna read from and learn from tonight. It's the year of acceleration. It's the year to accelerate in the forward motion that God has on your life. Paul was saying, I'm not going back. The past is behind me. Remember, the past is an education, not a destination. We learned that this morning during the message, scoreboard scoreboard you had to be there man if you missed it watch it online listen to the podcast it is a message you need to hear I'm not gonna re-preach it but we learned that you don't you don't live in the past you just learn from the past you got to move forward that's what Paul was saying and now we're gonna tie that New Testament scripture together with an Old Testament scripture 2nd Kings chapter 7 verse 1 Elisha replied to this servant he says hear the word of the Lord this is what God says. By this time, tomorrow. Everybody say tomorrow. Tomorrow, tomorrow, I love you. Tomorrow, you're only a day away. Tomorrow, 
Tomorrow, I love you. Tomorrow, you're only a day away. Okay, quit talking about tomorrow. It's time to talk about right now. We don't live in the world of tomorrow. We live in the world of today. But Elisha, was, he was saying something. He was declaring something. He says, by this time tomorrow, the breakthrough is coming. He says, what you've been waiting for, the miracle you've been waiting on, the breakthrough you've been waiting on, the abundance you've been waiting on, the increase, the prosperity, everything that's been held back, everything that's caused a famine in your life is about to be broken by this time tomorrow. In the mark, come on, somebody. That word was for you. You came tonight to hear 2 Kings 7, 1. By this time tomorrow in the markets of Samaria, six quarts of choice flour will cost only one piece of silver. In other words, what they've been waiting on. There's a breakthrough that's about to come. He said 12 quarts of barley grain will cost only one piece of silver. What happened, if you were to read 2 Kings 6, it's morbid. Cannibalism had been going on because a famine was so intense in that time that there were people eating each other. I mean, this was craziness. They didn't have any food. There, there was no animals to eat. You know, there was nothing to eat. And so uh, in, in 2 Kings 6, there's moms arguing over which son they're gonna eat. It's crazy. As I'm reading that, I'm like, I, I can't preach that. That's wild right there. So I'm preaching chapter seven. <laughs> we're coming out of the cannibalism. We're getting out, nobody eating any, anybody in here tonight in Jesus' name. Don't get eaten alive in 2018, all right. But in, in, in chapter seven, Elisha said, this chaos, this famine, this insanity that's been going on in our nation is about to end tomorrow. What's been causing us, what's been causing division amongst us is about to be broken tomorrow. We're about to move from scarcity to abundance. We're about to move from a sense of uh, how am I going to make it to, I got so much I got to share with other people around me. Now, watch what the guy says to Elisha. This is, this is always, there's always someone in the room that thinks this way. And I've been there before. I remember sitting in messages like this and just going, sure. Another one of those messages. Something good's going to happen to my life. Yeah, right. Whatever good happens, it's just luck. Isn't that crazy as a pastor's kid that I just didn't believe sometimes that what the preacher was saying and the preacher was my dad sometimes, but just sometimes I was out there and I was just like, okay. <laughs> That's what this guy does. He goes, that couldn't happen, man. Quit talking so, so, you know, big with these faith words as if something great's gonna happen in our future. Like it's gonna happen in 24 hours. You don't realize what God can do in 24 hours. You don't realize what God can do in the midnight hour. We're about to find out how God shows up at twilight on New Year's Eve in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Come on, somebody. But this guy says, that couldn't happen. Even if the Lord opened the windows of heaven. Everybody say the windows of heaven. There's only two times that that phrase shows up. There in Malachi 3. Even if the Lord opened the windows of heaven. You don't realize that God can open the windows of heaven. God's about to open the windows of heaven. But Elisha replies to the man with unbelief. Unbelief 
holds you back. It, it, it cuts off the access into where God wants to take you. Unbelief. The opposite of faith is not fear. The opposite of faith is unbelief. It's not believing that God's power is strong enough. It's not believing that God's arm can reach far enough. It's not believing that God has the ability to do what he said he would do. It's not believing in God's promises. And unbelief is such a paralyzing attitude in the church because it holds back United States of America from seeing the miracles that people see in Africa, Dominican Republic, in Haiti, because people are desperate in other countries. And when they hear that God can do a miracle, it's like their ears pick up and just go, okay, I believe he can. But in the United States, it's like, I don't know. I'd like to reason that. I'd like to logic that. Let's go and take that to Stanford and Duke and let's figure out what the scientists have to say. And let's figure out, you know, what the professors over there, stop trying to reason and logic with God. If God said he would do it, he's going to do it. Don't let your reason get in the way of his power. Maybe I'm just wild and and gullible enough to believe that if God said he was going to do something, he's going to do it. What if we went into 2018 with less criticism towards God's promises and a whole lot more gullibility in God's word? What if we just started believing like little kids? Jesus said, you can't come into the kingdom unless you come like a child. So many experts are missing out on their miracles because they live with reason and logic instead of faith and belief. Get your hopes up. Turn to the person next to you and say, get your hopes up. Elisha said, you're going to see it, but you won't taste it. That's what unbelief does. It robs you of the access to taste where God wants to take you. Don't miss out. Isn't it amazing that so many people can be walking towards their miracle? It's sad that so many people were headed towards the promised land and Moses had to watch them go in and he missed out. Lot's family was heading out of Sodom and Gomorrah. They're walking towards their future. And right in the middle of everybody looking ahead on the new chapter, the new season, right in the middle of everybody who's expectant for what's in the, in the future, there's always this one person in that story, it was Lot's wife that's just looking back. Don't get caught in unbelief or just looking back in the past. It's time to move forward. So in verse three, it says this. Now there were four men with leprosy at the entrance of the city gate. And they said to each other, why stay here till we die? Why should we sit here waiting to die? Why should we sit here waiting to die? It's bad enough to have leprosy, but compounding leprosy with being in the middle of a famine, (laughs) that's craziness. And then on top of that, in the middle of a war, and in the middle of a war, being on the side that's losing the war. (laughs) So you got leprosy, you got a famine, you've been abandoned by your own people, your own people are losing the battle right now, everybody's dying, they're all eating each other, these lepers are just sitting outside of the gate and they're dying. And everywhere they look, death surrounds them. The only option is to head towards the enemy's camp. In the most dangerous place lies their greatest miracle. In the greatest risk lies your greatest opportunity. 
I'm telling you in 2018, if you want to step into some incredible acceleration, you better get uncomfortable with comfortable. You better start breaking up, like my wife said, with your comfort zone. Because where God wants to take you is not where you're at right now. These guys looked at each other. They said, we can't stay here. We can't stay here. Turn to someone next to you and say, we can't stay here. And the reality is you can't stay here tonight because we're, you know, we're going to shut the building down tonight later on. You can't be sleeping inside this auditorium on New Year's Eve. But we can't stay here. They said, we can't. We can't. We can't because we die here. And if we go into our own community, we die there because they don't have any food. They could have cursed God and died. They could have surrendered themselves to death, but instead they surrendered themselves to life. Life is movement. If you're not moving, you're dying. You've got to start moving. Life is action. It requires movement. It requires moving towards the future that God has for you. Paul said, I'm not going backward. I am running. I'm done walking. I'm done putting 50% in at my job. I'm done just, you know, playing games with the calling on my life. I am running towards my destiny. That's what these four lepers were doing. They were saying, listen, we can't sit around here. We're going to die. So watch what, it, what they say in verse 5. In verse, in, in verse 5, if we have that up there, it says, we will starve if we stay here, but with the famine in the city, we'll starve if we go back there. So we might as well go out and surrender to the Ar Aramean army. If they let us live, so much the better. But if they kill us, we would have died anyway. <laughs> I love the logic of these guys. They're just like, death, but let's go. Everybody say, let's go. Let's go. Let's move forward. There's a book I picked up this year called Necessary Endings by Dr. Henry Cloud. And he said, most times when people enter, enter into a new year, they're thinking, what should I start? What should I start? What should I start? He said, the real question we need to be asking is what should I end? What should I end? What should I stop? What should I stop? He talks about how so many bosses and leaders and companies have a hard time stopping things out of fear. If we stop that, I just don't know. People may not like us if I stop that. I might lose some friends if I stop that. You might need to lose some friends. You might need to get some new friends in this next year. Some friends that are for your destiny and not holding on to your history. These four lepers, they, they looked at each other and said, we, we just can't stay here. This has to end, and it has to end now. This is our last night we spend the night in this place. This is our last night we stay in 2017 because what's in front of us is greater than what's behind us. We've got to stop waiting for someone else to make our life count. You are in control of your future. God's not going to choose the right choices for you. The next year is in your hands. You want to have a great year? Start choosing today that you're going to run towards God's calling on your life. That if there's risks, you're going to take those risks. If it's obeying God over pleasing people, you're going to obey God. If it's giving till it hurts, you're going to give. If it's starting something that you need to start, you're going to start it. If it's stopping something you need to stop, you're going to stop it. All you know is you can't stay here. It's time to accelerate forward. Everybody say forward. Chris Hodges says this, you can make excuses 
or you can get better, but you can't do both. You can make excuses or you can get better, but you can't do both. You can keep making excuses for where your life is at right now. You can keep playing the victim card or you can repent and say, God, I am sorry for having a lazy attitude. I am sorry for always being the victim. I am sorry for always blaming everyone else for, for where I'm at with my life. I'm gonna stop making excuses for my behavior, for my addictions, for my habits. I'm gonna stop blaming it on generational curses, on my grandpa did it, my dad did it. You don't have to do it. You can stop it tonight. But Paul, you don't understand how generational curses work. I do understand the same God that brings generational blessings can break generational curses. The same God that can set someone free of smoking cigarettes or drinking alcohol, getting drunk every night can set you free of pornography, can set you free of whatever addiction that you've been bound up in. You can't stay here any longer. You say, but Paul, I like here. Here is comfortable. Here is robbing you of there. Here is robbing you of the joy that's in front of you. So finally, they go for it. And it says in verse five that about at twilight, they went out. Verse, yeah, verse five, at twilight, they set out for the camp of the Arameans. And when they came to the edge of the camp, no one was there. Is this an ambush? Where is everybody? To their surprise, as they started moving forward, God was going ahead of them and God was creating a sound in front of them so that when they were walking, four lepers looking like zombies, like the thriller video, they're walking in the wilderness towards the enemy's camp and God compounds four, four lepers feet. That's eight legs. turned it into the sound of a mighty army. God's about to multiply your influence. God's about to accelerate your impact. As you start walking towards where he's calling you, God's going before you, he's going with you, he's coming behind you, he's preparing the abundance that you've been waiting for. The breakthrough is there, but you've gotta break through. You've gotta break into the camp that God is calling you to walk into. So they heard the sounds of a great army approaching and the king of Israel has hired the Hittites and the Egyptians to attack us. And all of a sudden the Arameans got scared in verse seven, they took off running and they fled for their lives. And it says in verse eight that the lepers came into the camp and when they walked in, they experienced the most glorious feast. They were eating and drinking and taking silver and gold and clothing. God's about to give you double for your trouble, my friends. Anybody had a rough year in 2017? Get ready, man, get ready. There's a tension in this story because they had walked through pain and trial and trouble. And yet here they are, they've been released into something incredible, something abundant. This last week, my son Liam, he was playing with the slingshot that Papa got. And we were, I was teaching him how to use it. He had never used one before. He had heard the story of David and Goliath. And he said, this is a slingshot? This is awesome. You know, and so he's got the slingshot, we're outside. And he was fascinated with the release of the stone. He was fascinated watching the release 
of how far the stone could go and how fast it would accelerate in the air. He was fascinated with the acceleration, with the speed and the release of the stone, but he was frustrated with the tension of pulling back. He got so mad, he threw it down. No, I don't need your help, daddy. You know, picks it up and I'm trying to teach him. He's Mr. Independent. We got to give him time out, some pow pows and some lessons. And <laughs> so I go, Liam, I'm going to help you. I said, you got to pull back. I know it's hard. I know you're frustrated, frustrated with this thing. And, you know, he didn't know how to hold it. So he's shooting his own hand with the rock and I'm trying to teach him how to hold it right. And oftentimes we are so fascinated with the release. We're so excited with the abundance. We can't wait for the miracle, for the breakthrough, but we're frustrated with the tension. We don't like the tension. And so that attitude towards the tension of 2017 is the same attitude we take into 2018 towards the tension. Can I just tell you this next year, there's gonna be some tension. There's gonna be some tension but that tension is a setup for release. That tension is a good thing in your life because he's about to take you into some greater things. We need to stop making tension an enemy in our lives and start embracing tension as a setup for victory in our lives. Nobody likes pain. And I'm not saying that there's gonna be painful things, but I am saying that as you walk into this next year, when the tension starts to come, instead of running from it, lean into it. Okay, God, I'm ready. Bring it on. Let's go and launching into where God wants to take you. And he'll show you. He'll direct your steps. He is your counselor. He is your mighty God. He is everlasting father. He is Emmanuel, God with you. Now watch this. As they experienced the abundance, they looked at, these, at each other in verse nine. And they said, this is, this is not right. This is a day of good news. We're not sharing this with anyone. If we wait until morning, some calamity will certainly fall upon us. Come on, my friends. Let's go back and share what we have found with the people in the palace. They were going back to the same people that had abandoned them, the same people that had betrayed them, the same people that kicked them out of the community, the same people that said, you can't stay with us. You're, you got leprosy. You're gonna have to go in your own leper colony. And yet God had done such a work in their hearts that they said, let's go back to the people that hurt us and let's bless them. God's gonna use you this next year to bless your enemies, to bless those that did you wrong. The, the people that hurt you, the people that betrayed you, God's gonna use you to help them out in times of need. And listen, don't think that the blessing is only for the good people in your life. When you start sharing it with your enemies, God starts expanding it even more. When you start being generous towards those that have been uh, stingy towards you, God starts expanding your world even more. The world of the generous gets larger and larger. The world of the stingy gets smaller and smaller. What you have is not meant just for you. The miracles in 2018, the breakthroughs in 2018, I'm telling you, God wants to use you to bless those around you. Would you stand your feet all over this place? Everything changes when you surrender to life. Everything changes when you start seeing the universe as a place of abundance instead of a place of scarcity. God's about to open the windows of heaven. There's going to be accelerated blessings, accelerated breakthroughs. 
Now it's interesting as you're standing, we're gonna go into just a few songs of worship. When you gotta leave, you can leave, but if you wanna stay and worship, I'm telling you, we're gonna have a powerful time these next few minutes of worship. But it's interesting when they invited the people in the city to come, they were scared. They said, this is a trick, this is a trap. We can't leave our city. If we go out there, they're just gonna kill us. Isn't it crazy that people who were trapped inside a city with no food, that were literally dying and, and reverting to cannibalism, were afraid to go outside the walls of their city. The lepers were inviting them into the adventure. They were inviting them into the abundance. And the king said, no, 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 we can't, we can't. Fear is a paralyzing spirit that holds us back. But there was one servant in verse 13 who said this, 2 Kings 7, verse 13, if you had that. He said, we had better send out scouts to check this out. Let's not just stay inside. Take five. If something happens to them, it will be no worse than if they stay here and die with the rest of us. One version says, perhaps they're right. Perhaps there is an abundance awaiting us. What if we started living with that kind of mindset? Perhaps we're right. This is a year to prophesy into your future. This is a year to accelerate towards your calling. So as they went towards the camp, they found everything just as the lepers had told them. And they saw all the blessings and they partook of everything. Now watch this in verse 16. It says this, the people of Samaria rushed out and they plundered the Aramean camp. So it was true that six quarters of choice flour were sold that day for one piece of silver and 12 quarts of barley grain were sold for one piece of silver, just as the Lord had promised. Now look, verse 17. The, the king appointed his officer to control the traffic at the gate, but he was knocked down and trampled to death as the people rushed out. So everything happened exactly as the man of God had predicted when the king came to his house. What an odd scripture to end the year on. <laughs> There's a lesson to be learned. It's a warning. It is a warning to everyone in this room. Don't be the person of unbelief. Thank God that we live on the other side of the covenant that we don't have to be trampled to death for our unbelief because there's already been a man who was trampled for us. The man of sorrows who took the crown of thorns on his head, who was nailed to the cross. He was trampled for you and for me. The rose of Sharon, he was pierced for our transgressions. But as you walk into this new year, you walk in renewed in your mind, washed by the blood of Jesus. You've been forgiven of your sins, but today, you are taking hold of God's word. God's promises are yes and amen. What God has in front of you is greater than anything behind you. God's getting ready to do something supernatural. Here's what we're gonna do in this last moment. Worship team, come on out. Take, take your place right up here on this stage. We're gonna go into a song. I think we're gonna sing that song, Here, here as in Heaven. And as we begin to sing this song and we start talking about the atmosphere is changing now, if you want to, you can leave your seat. We're gonna make this just an open altar of surrender. If there's some things that you need to surrender, if there's some things you need to let go, if there's things you need to cut off, tonight is the night to do it. Don't take it with you into this next year. End it right here, right now. Where you're going, 
You cannot stay where you've been. You can't hold on to some of the addictions. You can't hold on to some of the fears, some of the comfort zones. It's time to break up with that stuff. It's time to move forward into where God is taking you. Now, as we begin to worship, you just leave your seat as a sign of surrender, as a sign of obedience, as you're moving towards what God has in store. You might be here tonight, you just need to repent. You just need to say, God, I repent for things that I did this year. I repent for some of the offenses that I held on to, some of the offenses that I caused on other people. Maybe here tonight, you say, I just need to forgive some people. As we begin to worship, just come and find your place at this altar right here, right now. Let's worship the Lord in this place here as in heaven. The atmosphere is changing now for the Spirit of the Lord is here. The evidence is all around for the Spirit of Sing it again, the atmosphere The spirit of the Lord is here. The evidence is all around. For the spirit of the Lord is here. Yeah. Overflow in this place. Fill
I would like to have some of our prayer leaders and some of our staff pastors just to spread out and begin praying for anyone down at this altar right now. I want us just to begin to pray for what God is about to do in people's lives that are down here at this altar, surrendering to God's plan, surrendering to God's purpose. If you're a leader in this church, if you're a prayer warrior, would you just come down and just pray? If you need healing tonight, I want to invite you to come down to this altar. We want to pray for your healing in this place right now. Lord, we just stir up our faith, God, for transformation in people's lives. God, for freedom from addictions. Freedom, God, from bondages. Freedom, God, from uh, whatever generational curses have been trying to define their life. In Jesus' name, it's broken tonight. God, we thank you, Lord, that you're the God who does miracles that can happen instantly, that can happen over long periods of time, but can also be accelerated. So, Lord, we thank you this year there would be acceleration, God, on the dreams, the plans, the goals, the callings that you put inside of us. Some of the things we've been waiting on, the breakthroughs in Jesus' name, God. Lord, we surrender to you. We're not going backwards. We're not looking backwards. We're moving forwards into the new thing that you're about to do. The new thing you're about to do in this church, in our lives, in Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to Victory with Paul Doherty. If you're in the area, we'd love to meet you at any of our services. Saturday night at 5 p.m. and Sundays at 8.30, 9, and 11 a.m. If you can't visit us, you can watch live on the Victory app, downloadable on the App Store and Google Play. Remember, your best days are right in front of you.